ഫിസ്സമ with this greatest wealth of iman and minus this a person doesn't have these things doesn't have iman doesn't have this way of life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in this whole world is worth nothing his life in this world is totally in vain and it is just a fruitless existence the end result is only destruction this dunya is just a place where a person temporarily falls in some deception that he is enjoying life is having a grand time but very soon life just comes to a sudden end and then a person has to face reality by that time it is too late to do anything but the tragic thing is that we have this wealth of iman we have this great gift of allah tbaraka wa taala but the appreciation that we should be showing for this is not what it should be and the real appreciation is that we wholeheartedly take to this deen in every facet of life and we see our success in this in everything unfortunately many a times we look out and think others are successful the whole thing is that the yardstick of success is wrong a person wants to measure something then he has to use the right yardstick the right tool the right equipment if you want to measure some material some fabric then there's the yardstick the meter rule and then if you want to measure some liquid he cannot measure that liquid with that meter rule that has got its own measurement and you want to measure a a can be measured also you want to measure a then that has got its own measure he cannot measure that with something that is used to measure liquid so likewise the yardstick of success that the kuffar use the disbelievers use those who don't have iman use their success is dependent on what amount of dunya a person can amass their success is that how much of fun a person can have in this world and allah forbid many a person he measures his success in the amount of haram he can do if he manages to deceive more people then he regards himself as more successful if he manages to commit more zina then he is more successful then he can boast more among his friends if he could do some other underhand things more than others then he is smarter now this is the totally warped measure of success that the dunya uses unfortunately but our success is what allah tbaraka wa taala has given us the yardstick to judge by faman zuhziha anin nar وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازَ The one who has been saved from the fire of Jahannam and who has been entered into Jannah, he is successful. 
So in this dunya, the person who's walking on that path, the person who's treading on that path of success way, inshallah, he will move on consistently and get safe from the fire of Jahannam and go towards Jannah, then this person is successful. So this success, how we are going to know what is this path to success the whole Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala gave us. And Allah Ta'ala sent Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam before him all the Anbiya Wasallam, and finally Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to teach us this success. So in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about the very essence of this success and gives an example of it. That وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا كَلِمَةً طَيِّبَةً كَشَجَرَةٍ طَيِّبًا Allah Ta'ala gives the parable and the example of the kalima tayyiba this pure word of Allah Ta'ala this word of Iman this La ilaha illallah Allah Ta'ala gives an example of it now this is where it all starts from Allah Ta'ala is giving an example the example is kashajaratin tayyiba like a pure tree excellent tree, wonderful tree and this tree is Asluha Thabitu wa Faruha Fissama. Its roots are firmly embedded in the ground. Come the strongest wind, can't shake it. Whatever happens, it's firm. It's embedded in the ground. Wafaruha Fissama and its branches are reaching the sky. Now can we imagine a tree of this nature? How big the tree must be? And how deep down it would be probably rooted into the ground for that tree to reach the skies, that's how deep it will be inside also. So this is the example Allah Ta'ala is giving of the tree of Iman. That when a person has truly embedded this Iman in his heart, then its roots go deep down in his heart. And nothing can then change it, nothing can then come and blow it out, whether it is the winds of kufr, of all kinds of ideas of disbelief, and every other day there is something else, people will keep bringing in new new ideologies, new fangled things, and try to mislead the person who is on the path of deen, all kinds of things in every guise. It will come sometimes in very very fancy slogans. It will come in the slogans of deen. But, as Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala on one occasion said, Kalimatu haqqin urida bihil batil. Many times, something true is said, something correct is said, but behind it is an agenda. The slogan is very nice, but behind the slogan is an agenda. And these people, now, once there was occasion, some, there was some issue and somebody said that we will make the Qur'an our judge. Now who can dispute that? Is there any other judge but the Qur'an Sharif? But the person had some sinister motive behind this proposal. He wasn't prepared to really accept the Qur'an Sharif, what the ruling of the Qur'an Sharif is. That was something that he was just putting forward. Ali radiallahu saw this immediately. Allah had blessed these people with tremendous intelligence. And that intelligence came from the depth of Iman. Imam Shafi rahmatullahi one person, this is in the Hadith Sharif actually, ittaqu firasat al-mu'min fa'innahu yanzuru binurillah Fear the intelligence of a true mu'min. Because he sees with the nur from Allah Ta'ala's side which the ordinary person fails to fathom, he gets it in one moment. He looks into the depths of it. This is the nur of Iman. Imam Shafi Rahmatullah one person walks past, the other person asks him that what is this person's occupation? So he looks at him, how he's walking, observe him carefully and now like a doctor now, he puts his hand, nowadays you hardly get this happening, but previously the Hakims and they put the hand on the pulse and they read so many things. So now he observed this person's walk, 
his manner, what is his pace. Then he said he's probably a blacksmith or a carpenter. So the person who asked him the question, he left Imam Shafi and rushed over and stopped that passerby. And he asked him, what do you do? What's, what's your occupation? So he said, Previ- previously I was a blacksmith, now I'm a carpenter. Now where did this come from? How did he come to this conclusion? Everything that a person does, what is his occupation, what is his work, what is his habits, all this has an effect on him. It has a very, very subtle effect on everything. And those who have the ability to de- detect it, will detect it from his tone of his voice. They'll detect it from his gaze. They'll detect it from his walk. They'll detect it from so many things. Usman somebody came in and he just looked at him and something gave away, gave the game away. And he said to the people that Ma Balu Aqwamin min zina. What is the problem with some people that zina is dripping out of their eyes? What is the problem with some people that zina is dripping out of their eyes? Now that person had cast some wrong glance perhaps, but one look gave the game away. Because what a person does, even what he, his heart and mind is all the time occupied in, this leaves some external signs, some telltale signs. But it's not everybody's job, not our job. Those who Allah are blessed with that ability, like that Hakim, he can put his hand on his pulse, on somebody's pulse and he can read a whole list of things. 101 different ailments he'll pick up from merely putting his hand on the pulse. So in any case, this is that insight that Allah Ta'ala blesses us, Ali radiallahu ta'ala also, with his intelligence that comes from the nur of Iman. Just on the note of his intelligence, once there was some two people were traveling and they sat down to eat somewhere. So one person had three pieces of bread, roti, three rotis, so he put it down. The other person had five, he put it down also. As they were sitting to eat, one Musafir came along, third person came. So they invited him, you join us also. So he also ate. So all three of them ate now. All three of them ate, now those eight pieces of roti there, and three of them ate it. When this Musafir, he now got up to leave, so he said, Jazakallah, you people, you invited me to share your meal. So he took out eight dirhams, eight coins, silver coins. And he said, you share between yourself. And he left those eight dirhams and he went away. Now when the time came for sharing, common story now, that everybody wants the bigger part of the share. Everybody wants the bigger half. It has to be shared equally, each one wants the bigger half. So now the one person said, look, he's given us eight dirhams, let's share it uh, according to the number of bread each one had, you had three rotis, three breads, you take three, and I had five, I'll take five. So the other person said, no, sorry, half and half. It must be fair. Half and half. Now suddenly it became fair, half and half. So any case, when they couldn't come to some agreement, they came to Ali radiallahu ta'ala. They said to him, this is the dispute, you resolve this dispute. So he said, look, let's compromise now, and just come to some settlement, there's good in that. And he, the person who had actually contributed three breads, he told him, look, this settle on this three and five is okay. That person said, no, it must be justice. So he's saying, look, please, settle is good in settlement. Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif says, was sulhu khair. There's always khair and good in this compromise. In the settling amicably, there's always khair in it. Allah Ta'ala's promise is in it. The bigger amount a person would get out of making a major hue and cry for it, sometimes that he might not get that much of barakat in it, in which he'll take a lesser amount in an amicable manner. So in any case, this person said, no, it must be just and fair. He said, fine, if it must be just and fair, then you take one and give the other person seven. 
They say, Inna Lillah. We were fighting over three and five, and I was saying half and half. Now you like telling me I must take one. He says, Yes, you want justice. This is justice. Justice is one. Now, if we think about it, where can, how does this add up? Three, one person had, the other person had five, and apparently that is how it should go. That would be the minimum. He'll get three, but now he will get one. He says, This is justice. And the reality is that this was the justice. Because there were three of them that ate it. And now, three of them ate. So there was no way of judging who ate more, who ate less. So it was all equal now. You would just work it out equally. That each one ate equal portions. So now equal portions, there were eight rotis in total. So you divide it by three portions. So it becomes 24 pieces. Because three people eating now, 24 pieces. So now 24 pieces. So the one person contributed three rotis, three bread. Now each one, 24 pieces, each one eight. Eight how many? Eight each. Now the one person contributed three rotis. So you multiply, divide that by three pieces each. There's eight pieces, uh, nine pieces. He ate eight. So one got left, which the Musafir ate. And the other person contributed five rotis. Divide that by three, became 15 pieces. He ate eight. So seven got left, which is the Musafir eight. So he gave the Musafir seven, he'll take seven dirhams. Other person gave the Musafir one piece, he'll take one dirham. Now what would take such a long time to unravel that how it comes to this one and seven? Ali radiallahu ta'ala in the first moment already came to that point. That you want justice, then justice is one and seven. That you ate eight pieces, but you contributed only nine. So you gave one piece only to the Musafir. And he ate eight pieces and he contributed fifteen pieces. So he gets the other seven, because he gave the seven to the Musafir. Now where did this come from? This came from that Nur-e-Imani. So this is the Nur of Iman, which enlightens the heart. It enlightens the mind. It enlightens the intelligence, provided that a person doesn't bring the darknesses of zulm, the darknesses of sin, the darknesses of evil into his heart and mind, then this will keep shining forth. So in any case, in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is giving this example, that Allah Ta'ala is giving the example of this pure tree, that its roots are firmly embedded in the ground. So this iman, this is the iman firmly in the heart and now when it is firmly in the heart any kind of wind can blow whether it is the wind of some kind of fancy talk behind very fancy slogans only follow the Quran and Hadith who is going to follow anything else can anybody follow anything else but behind that slogan is it that then follow what you want to do so obviously that's going to lead to deviation. But follow in the light of those who had true knowledge. Because Allah wa ta'ala says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ In the same Quran Sharif, Allah ta'ala says, Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. So the same Quran Sharif gives us the direction of who to ask. So in any case, one is that this Iman is firmly embedded in the heart. But this Iman, Allah Ta'ala says that فَرُعُهَا فِي Its branches are then going high up into the sky. It's a very visible tree. And a tree that is huge. So a huge tree will give huge benefits. And that is the example Nabi Islam gives in this Hadith Sharif that was recited at the beginning when Nabi Islam says that Iman has more than 70 branches. The same example of a tree. But a huge tree. More than 70 branches. And then further Nabi Islam says that Afbaluha qawlu la ilaha illallah that the most essential branch of this or the very trunk of it the greatest part of it is la ilaha illallah. And adnaha imatatul adha anit tariq the smallest branch, comparatively speaking smallest, otherwise in reality this is beyond our imagination.
the smallest branch of Iman is moving out something that will inconvenience somebody out of the way. Somebody dropped something, somebody left something behind, whatever the case is, something fell onto the way, pathway, some dirt, some thorn, anything that would cause inconvenience to somebody, to move it out of the way is a branch of Iman. And well, haya ushu'batum min al-Iman. And haya is a huge branch of Iman. So the example in the Quran Sharif also is of a tree. In the Hadith Sharif also is of a tree. A tree starts off with that seed. That seed must be pure. That seed must not be tainted in any way, rotten in any point. The aqaid, the beliefs of a person must be correct. Then that will give rise to the right tree. Then the seed is planted under the ground. So it's there, the potential is there in that seed itself. That seed gives sprout to this huge tree. But until it doesn't bring out that tree, nobody even knows it's there. So the lesson in this is that this Iman mustn't be hidden. This Iman mustn't be just there, but a person, there's no sign of his Iman in Islam. Nobody can even identify this person is my brother. No, the Iman must make itself visible. And it will make itself visible in every sense. So it will become visible in terms of it, of the Ibadat of a person. So now the chunk of Ibadat will come. So he will be there for his Salah. The month of Ramadan comes, his fasting. If Zakat is due upon him, he is taking his Zakat. If Hajj is compulsory, he is performing his Hajj. And he's doing all these things diligently also, performing his salah correctly, trying to do it with complete khushu and khudu, devotion, concentration, doing it in the correct manner. And his zakat is calculating properly, not haphazardly. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says that when people will withhold their zakat, then Allah Ta'ala will withhold the rains. When people will withhold zakat, Allah Ta'ala will withhold rain. And then further Nabi Islam says, had it not been for the animals and creatures, not one drop of rain would come. So one is discharging zakat, but to beforehand, even before getting to the point of discharging it, to calculate it correctly, not haphazardly just take something out and feel I've done my job. So to make sure that one is not short paying, to start off with to pay, Sometimes a person doesn't even pay the zakat. And then to pay to make sure one is paying it properly. And then giving it to those who are entitled to it. Not just haphazardly giving it anywhere where it's not going to be fulfilled and discharged. So this seed of iman must give rise to this, all these, this chunk of iman and this ibadat. Then it must bring out the beautiful leaves and shade of Mu'asharat, that cool shade of Mu'asharat, when a person comes in that shade, he feels very cool. So Mu'asharat, the social life of a person, that the social life is such that anybody comes into contact with him, they feel the coolness of his manner and conduct. What a pleasure to be in this person's company. This person walks in the home and everybody is so happy that he's coming. They are not now right at the edge now and making dua Allahumma sallim sallim this is going to be the dua on the day of Qiyamah when people will be crossing the full sirat so now some people when they walk into the home the household also everybody is saying Allahumma sallim sallim now we also order in full sirat don't know which side we fall Jannat or Jahannam so the person's conduct is such that everybody is comforted by his presence. Whether it is his parents, whether it is his spouse, his children, his neighbors, his family. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says, La khayra fi man la ya'lif wa la yu'laf. There is no good in a person who does not give love and who is not loved. Now, the very crucial aspect in this hadith is, that the first thing the Beast also mentioned is the person who does not give love. 
And this is giving us the prescription of gaining love. When a person gives love, he'll gain love. We always want it the other way around. Get first and then we'll give. No, give first then we'll get. So when a person gives love to his parents, to his spouse, to his children, to his family, to his neighbors, and obviously within the limits of Shariat and Deen, doesn't cross those boundaries. Then he, Allah Ta'ala's side, he'll become beloved amongst them. Then his love will be put into the hearts of others. <coughs> so this trees and the shade of Masharat must come in his life. And then the beautiful flowers of Mu'amalat must come. Good dealings. That a person from a mind sees those flowers, and is admiring the tree. What a beautiful tree. So likewise, when the person will deal correctly, his business dealings will be correct, will be with the kind of akhlaq, the manner that Nabi Islam has taught. He will treat those who he works with correctly. He will treat his customers and suppliers correctly, and his employees correctly. A person is working, he'll treat his colleagues correctly, with justice and fairness. So when this will be the case, then people will want to know, but what makes a person deal in such a beautiful manner? And then they learn that this is his deen that teaches him. That will become a dawah towards Iman and Islam for them. And how many people have come into Iman with this? Huge countries have come, the largest population of Muslims among the largest population is Indonesia, the whole country came into deen gradually through Muslim businessmen who conducted their business in such a way that attracted people to Islam. So this is a great dawah, how we go about it. But if our manner of business will be with cheating, frauding, deceiving, deceiving people, all kinds of flowery languages, somebody makes one mistake and he gets sworn at, then this is not going to be a dawah to any to deen, rather it's going to be driving people away. So this masharat will come, these beautiful flowers of correct mu'amalat will come, and then this beautiful fruit of akhlaq will come on the tree. The beautiful fruit of akhlaq which every person will taste and will be, he'll be just caught up in the taste of it, this person's tolerance, his compassion, his kindness, and his forgiving nature and all the various aspects of akhlaq that the Vishnu taught that is in this person's life. Now this tree of Iman is existing in all its glory in this person's life. So this is the lesson that is being given to us that this tree of Iman must become a very visible tree and all its leaves and branches and flowers and fruit, everything must come up. It mustn't be hidden under the ground. So this is the first thing that Nabi Islam says. That this is a tree must come alive. And فَأَفْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Greatest branch of this Iman is the very the essence of this Iman لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ But in this Nabi Islam says قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Expressing it. What is the belief in the heart? Together with that is refreshing this Iman regularly. Expressing it with the tongue and repeatedly expressing it. The Sahaba would sometimes say to one another, let us refresh our Iman. Let us refresh our Iman. By repeatedly saying, La ilaha illallah. Hadith Nabi Islam says, a person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will make his face shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. Now this repetition is required. Because إِذَا تَكَرَّرَ تَقَرَّرَ When something is repeated on the tongue, it firmly settles in the heart. Person talks dunya the whole day, then he dreams dunya also. And a person, he repeats the name of Allah Ta'ala, then the name of Allah Ta'ala settles in his heart. So to repeatedly be reciting this kalima, this is also something that has been taught to us in the Hadith Sharif. Hundred times a day, minimum, person reciting La ilaha illallah. This brings this, it fills his heart with this noor. 
And in this is the lesson of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in general. And in the Quran Sharif you'll find several places where Allah Ta'ala speaks about zikr. Uzkurullah zikran kathira. Remember Allah Ta'ala excessively. And if you look in the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from morning till evening, from the time he wakes up till the time he goes to sleep, his whole day is filled with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Upon waking up is dua, dua for waking up, dua, and then some ayat of the Quran Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi comments reciting at the time of Tahajjud he would wake up, as soon as he wakes, has woken up, after having recited the dua of waking up, and then inna fi khalqi samawati wal ard wa ikhtilaf al-layli wal nahar la ayat li'ulil albab right up to the end of the surah nabi sallallahu that was his ma'mul his practice barely woken up and already the name of allah taala the ayat of allah taala the quran sharif duas praises of allah taala and then before entering the toilet a dua after leaving the toilet a dua before wudu a dua during wudu duas all this is dhikr and then dua upon dua, zikr upon zikr, the whole day is going in this manner. And in, this is the lesson that this zikr must be part of our lives. To the extent that this zikr is alive in a person, his heart will be living. When the zikr stops, his heart starts dying. His heart starts dying in the sense that spiritually it starts dying. Then other things start creeping in. Now when his heart is spiritually dead, then shaitan can take hold of it very easily. Now shaitan turns it as he wants. Like how a person presses buttons on his phone, shaitan presses those buttons on his heart first. Then he starts, his hand starts pressing buttons on that phone. Shaitan presses the button of some music, then his finger presses music. And shaitan presses the button of porn, then his fingers press porn. And before he knows it, he's in the depth of all kinds of filth that kills the heart even more, brings destruction in dunya, and destroys the person's deen also. Destroys his dunya and akhirat. But shaitan deceives a person in such a way that the person fails to see the destruction coming. That is the trap of shaitan. That he deceives a person into such a thing. Don't worry, one of the deceptions is or you make tawbah afterwards, everything will come right. Indeed, a person makes sincere tawbah, Allah Ta'ala will forgive him. But shaitan, this is one of the biggest deceptions that he gets a person involved in sin on the hope of making tawbah later. One is a person fell, he slipped into something. He was trying to walk correctly and he fell. But sinning deliberately on the hope of tawbah later, that is a major deception of shaitan. Because what this happens is, the first thing is, that it starts bringing the effect of the sin on the heart. To start off with already, the thought of Toba goes a bit distant. Maybe a person that makes a Toba, but it will be depending now how sincerely, and if he made it very sincerely too, but that heart is already weakened. Now if he doesn't strengthen that heart quickly, it's already on, on a weaker note. Now he'll slip even quicker again. I say Rabbi Toba again. But now he's weakened the heart and deadened it even more. And Allah forbid this continues, eventually the heart is dead. Once a person came to Hassan Basira and he said to him that why is it that our hearts don't uh, sort of feel anything when you advise us, etc. So he says, look, if something is living, then you can shake it up, it will come, al- come awake. So he said, awaken, awaken our hearts. He said to Hassan Basir, please awaken my heart. They asked him, what do you mean by this? I listen to all this advice of deen, I listen to the Quran Sharif, I listen to so many points of nasihat and advice, but nothing happens. So he says, look, if something is asleep, then it can be woken up. You are saying, awaken my heart. If something is asleep, then it can be woken up. But if something is dead, then how can you wake it up? He says, unfortunately you have killed your heart. You have killed it, now you are asking me to wake it up. But if a person has life, then there is hope that that 
heart can still be revived. But that is now an effort in itself. So in any case, the thing is, shaitan then just keeps dragging the person. Don't worry. Later on you make Toba. So from one thing to the next, and then to the next, until he is now, shaitan has got him firmly in the grip of so many vices and sins. And while committing the sin, shaitan puts the veil of everything on him. Don't worry, nothing can happen, nothing can go wrong, even you to sort itself out later. And later, then shaitan says, don't ask me for anything, it's too late now, you, you suffer your own consequences. After he's destroyed his deen, destroyed his dunya also. How many persons? Dunya got destroyed, deen got destroyed. One thing led to another and finally this end result. So this is the th- thing that this zikr of Allah Taala brings alive this heart. Deeply, sincerely, with full concentration, devotion, remembering Allah Taala in solitude for some dedicated time daily. And in this way, bringing alive this heart, which then moves this person towards righteous amal. Together with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, to be in the company of the righteous and pious, to be in good company. This has a good effect on the heart. The effect of good company livens the heart. لِقَاوْ أَهْلِ الْخَيْرِ عِمَارَةُ الْقُلُوبِ Ibrahim Salaatu Wasalam used to come to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Ramadan. And every day he would come and they would recite the Quran Sharif to one another. In the Ahadith it is mentioned that Nabi Sallallahu was the most generous. Of all people he was the most generous. Because generosity is not on quantity. Generosity is something in the heart. Nabi Sallallahu never said no. To the extent that people came to ask him and he didn't have, he said, okay, you take it on so and so, from so and so on loan, that I will pay back. So in any case, he was the most generous. But in the Ahadith it is mentioned, when he would meet Jibreel Salatu Wasalam, then this extreme generosity that was already there would multiply itself. This was the effect of this meeting with Jibreel Salatu Wasalam. So this is the point that the Muhaddisin bring out from there, that being in the right company, this has a direct impact. And it livens a person's heart. Nabi Wasallam, this was his impact on Jibreel Wasallam. And being in that moment, it increased him in every way that he was reciting the Quran Sharif. He was getting even endlessly closer to Allah Ta'ala. But the point here is for us is that together with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, being in the company of the pious, the righteous, Staying far away from wrong company, evil company, company that leads us towards sin, towards vice. This will keep our hearts alive and move us, move us towards righteousness. So the first lesson in this is the lesson of zikr. فَأَفْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَدْنَاهَا إِمَاتَةُ الْأَذَىٰ عَنِ التَّهِيقِ Nabi Sallallahu says the lowest branch of iman, the smallest branch of iman is that if something is in the way that will con- inconvenience somebody, others, and a person moves it out, that is the smallest branch of Iman. Now what is this lesson all about? That a mu'min is such that he is forever bringing every branch of Iman alive. This is the smallest branch, not giving anybody else any taklif. That is even beyond that. If somebody else has dropped something in the way, he is not responsible for it. But he cannot leave it there that this will cause inconvenience to my Muslim brother. If somebody else's problem, he is taking it out of the way. Can it be then imagined that he will deliberately cause difficulty to anybody? Somebody else's difficulty is removing, where will he cause difficulty to anybody himself? Where he will cause this pain and heartache to others? Where he will keep hurting the feelings of others? keep trampling the rights of others, his heart will be filled with this goodness. His heart will be filled with this well-wishing. His heart will be filled with that amal which is among the greatest after the faraiz. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min, this is among the greatest ibadats after the faraiz. 
So he will be saying things that will make others happy. Whereas we get joy out of making other people sad. Somehow, if we see somebody else in pain, it gives us a thrill. So somehow, how we can give the person some kind of pain by mocking him, by teasing him, by doing things that will hurt him. Whereas this is a moment, he doesn't let alone give anybody taklif, he will not even allow somebody else's wrong to stay in the way, somebody else's thing that he has dropped or left behind to stay in the way because he will cause taklif on this. So this is the smallest branch of Iman. And this is what in one hadith Nabi Salaam says, Al-Muslim, a true Muslim, person who deserves the title, is man salim al-Muslimoon amil lisanihi wa yadi. Who others are safe from the mischief or from the hurt of his tongue or hand. Any word or deed, he doesn't cause any taklif to anybody. By way of any word, by way of any action. This is a Muslim. And then the last part Nabi Islam mentioned in the hadith is That haya is a huge branch of iman. Shu'batun a huge branch of Iman. This is Haya. And this Haya is something which is deep down in the heart of a person. If Haya is there, then the Haya will display itself in his eyes. This Haya will display itself in his ears, in his hands and feet, how he walks, how he talks, what he thinks. Because he'll have Haya for Allah Ta'ala. And everything will be hayai. And if a person is devoid of haya, the first level of it will be that he'll lose haya for Allah Ta'ala. Now all he'll be concerned about is that the door is locked, the curtains are closed, or he'll be looking behind over his shoulder, I hope nobody's watching, that's all. Or if he's in a foreign land, then he feels, well I'm fine now, nobody knows me here. So that will be the first level. But when Haya starts diminishing, then it doesn't stop at a point. From there it starts diminishing further. Then eventually the time comes Allah forbid, he is not bothered who is watching. He wasn't worried that Allah Ta'ala is watching, that is the main thing obviously. But then he comes so shameless that he doesn't worry which insan is watching. His own family is watching too, it doesn't bother him. He goes on heedlessly. And when Haya is lost, then Iman itself is in danger of being lost. Al-Iman wal Haya'u Qurana'u Jami'a Ida rufi'a ahaduhuma rufi'a al-akhar Nabi Islam says, Iman and Haya, they coexist. When one goes, the other will go with it. And the things that destroy this Haya, all the media, whether it is the electronic media or the print media or the social media Allah forbid all these things have become all destroyers of haya in so many ways and we have to become hyper conscious of this protect ourselves protect our families protect our children protect one and all from the destruction of this media and to detach ourselves from all these things to the extent of sheer necessity Otherwise to be far away from these things. All these devices, those devices, in the very word device is the word vice. So only that person who knows how to use it correctly will be a device for him. Otherwise it will become a means of vice for him. So all these devices unfortunately are leading to this total destruction, corruption, breaking down all morals, values, breaking down every good in a person, destroying a person's deen, destroying his dunya also. So we have to become very conscious of this, protect this haya, protect this iman, bring this iman alive and this is by staying in the environments of iman. Go out to the path of Allah Ta'ala, the local work of Dawah that takes place in our masajid, we'll be part of that, the programs of deen that take place of the ulama al-kiram, etc. We participate in that and we learn from those who have true knowledge 
Inshallah in this way we will remain protected and safe. We stay away from all these things that all company and all aspects that take us away from Allah wa ta'ala, all environments that are not conducive to deen. And then Allah Ta'ala blesses such a person with that contentment that he's not looking for anything outside to abuse himself then. Then he's happy where he is, how he is. Then he's more than happy. And otherwise, if he's a person trying to quench his thirst with the salty water of the ocean, he'll keep drinking and drinking. He'll, if he could, he'll drink the whole ocean up. He'll still be looking for something more to drink. So with dunya, a person gets engrossed in it, and he gets caught up in the sins and vices of dunya, then that's just a deception from the outside. On the inside it is a fire. And this burns the person's peace, it burns his tranquility, it burns his serenity, it burns sometimes his whole family down, meaning the peace of his family, the peace of his household, it burns his respect and honor away, it burns his wealth away sometimes. All these things go to and the worst thing is obviously it burns his deen away. So may Allah wa ta'ala protect us, may Allah ta'ala guide us, may Allah ta'ala grant us tawfiq, that we bring alive this imam, we stay on this path of deen, and may Allah wa ta'ala keep us in that condition, that we are forever in his pleasure. May we live in that condition that Allah ta'ala is pleased with us. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. It makes zikr for a few minutes and then make dua inshallah. Recite Guru Sharif, inshallah. Mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, a person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah, with the barkat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of doing righteous actions and save him from those actions that become a means of going towards Jahannam. This will give him this great honor on the day of Qiyamah that Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine in the 14th moon. Beside Guru Jari. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم 
दिल मेरा हो जाए एक मैदान हो तो ही तो हो तो ही तो हो तो ही तो गैर से बिल्कुल ही उठ जाए नजर तो ही तो आए नजर देखो जिधर और मेरे तन में बजाए आबोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफ्सो शैता दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबाह ए मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पना मुझसा खल्क में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर अफसार है यार बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुना अब तो रहे बस ताद में आखिर विरदे जबाए मेरे इला موسیقی ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف المعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان 
وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم صيبا نافعا اللهم صيبا نافعا اللهم صيبا نافعا اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب